Fernando and Todd have been grinding for interviews lately, but eventually they had to come back together to talk about Artem Reynos on the team and the Angels playing some winning baseball. Tune in for all that and so much more up next. Hey, 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 welcome into another podcast here for Halos in the Infield as we're back from a little bit of a hiatus. But we have done a couple good interviews with Victor Rojas and Scott Spezio, the world champion from 2002. I implore you to check those out. And uh, so I'm Todd Fox, and my co-host, as always, is... Howdy, this is Fernando, a.k.a. the Lone Star Halo. (laughs) Lone Star Halo it is. As we are recording here, uh, checking out the you know the Angels and what's on tap for the, today's show. Uh, so we, you and I, haven't had an episode since Artie Moreno made the announcement they're going to sell the team. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe now that we've had some time to come to Earth a little bit and give our not exactly uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for, not our you know hot take reactions. But more of a settled, okay, let's talk about this in a civilized manner. Exactly. Uh, you know, obviously we have some winning baseball to talk about in typical Angels fashion. They're about as out of contention as you can be without being mathematically eliminated. <laughs> so they're going to decide to start winning a little bit here. That's what mm-hmm. they like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they like to even get to the point where it comes down to like the last week. And then they like to shit the bed. But no, not this year. This year they waited until they were, you know, down and out. And then, hey, they decided to fight back a little bit. Exactly. Now they want to play the spoiler role. Yeah. Yeah, for teams like the Tigers. Yeah, because <laughs> the ti- Tigers are in such contention. Um, but, you know, exactly. they, they did a good job hey, early. They beat the- us. Yeah. <laughs> they did a good job, though, in the last couple of weeks or so of just playing competitive baseball, which me and you have been, like, you know, on all year. Like, hey, you know, just stay in the game. You know, do the little things. Uh, they've had they've they reverb you know reverted a little bit here and there, but they've they played a little bit better consistent baseball over the last couple of weeks, and they played against some pretty good teams and and kind of slapped them in the face, kind of hurt them a little bit. So <clears throat> you kind of hope that they can continue to do that as we end up. There's not too many series that matter, you know, going into the last month here. But um, you know, we wanted to see the young kids play. I think off air, you you mentioned that the uh, AAA got pushed back a month, so uh, I wasn't aware of that. So they're barely getting into their postseason, whereas we would have already had our September call-ups right now. So that that could hurt some of the growth of our youngsters down there. Uh, you know, getting a little feet wet or a cup of coffee up here. But other than that, I mean, uh, might as well since we're on it right now. What are you taking out of the Angels playing like against the Mariners and the and the Yankees and teams like that lately? Uh, you know, it's nice to see a little bit of competitive baseball. You know, like I told you, this is kind of how it is, right? You know, you get in a situation where it's like, all right, well, let's at least tank. If we're gonna lose. Let's tank. Mm-hmm. But the Angels kind of like to be in the middle of a pack. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's not like my Coyotes where it's like, all right, we're going to tank. We're going to purposely shit the bed. We're going to put the worst players out there mm-hmm. possible because we want that number one draft pick. The Angels are like 9 to 14. <laughs> <laughs> nine, 9 to 14. That's that's what we want. That's the magic number. And we're like, 
No, no, if you're going to lose, lose. Mm-hmm. Hell, Pope Velasquez had uh, a cleanup. Per Kurt Suzuki leading off. Yeah, and Kurt <laughs> Suzuki's playing center today. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going in tank mode, but no, no. Hell, hell Duffy could pitch. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and it's, yeah. it's was it fun. Gosselin who pitched a couple days ago? Yeah, Gosselin pitched and then promptly got DFA'd. <laughs> hey, there you go. Wanted to go out swinging. Exactly. I just think, though, like right now you're seeing the pitching. It's continuing to pitch good. Like right now Suarez is spinning a gem, but it's against Detroit. Um, you know, you got good, you know, good pitching this entire uh, last couple of weeks, uh, with the exception of one bad start, I think, by Anderson or whatever his name is, the, the guy that got off of uh, – uh, <clears throat> waiver wire. Anyway, my point being is the fact that they're scoring three or four runs, you turn some of those losses into wins. So the, the fact that you could just score a couple more runs than 1.5 a game, looky, looky, we win some games. And like you said, though, it's way too little, way too late. They're 18 games under 500 currently. Um, you know, they're mired behind Boston. They just barely jumped Texas. Uh, you know, and again, we, you know, you have on – on one uh, set of the um, the table, you have Angel fans saying, "Come on, just like us. Let's if we're gonna tank, we're gonna tank. Let's get a top five pick at least. At least get us to number five. But it looks like we're carrying ourselves to that magical nine to fourteen that you're asking for. And then you have the honks over there saying, "Hey, you know, we've won eight out of ten. If we just rip off twenty in a row, we could have a shot at this." <laughs> hey, there you go. You got you gotta have that mentality, I guess, right? You gotta I be can't. on one side. You really do. You know, just for your sanity. I mean, you know, you can be yeah. a realist like us, mm-hmm. or you can be like the Hawks. Show me your Hawks. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, bro. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 nice to see just some good baseball being played. You know, there's a couple of players who you just love to see it from. You know, you like to see Detmers going out there and ha- you know pitching some solid games. Mm-hmm. Patrick Sandoval is continuing to prove that. He is a legitimate number two in any rotation. Yep. You know, I understand he's not a, a big dollar free agent. You know, so there's some rotations out there where they're like, nah, we'll take our guy. You know, like Dodger fans would be like, hey, we'll take a, a healthy Walker Bueller. Sure. But, I mean, Patrick Sandoval as a number two legitimately is not bad. He, he has some talent, man. He really does. It is fun to see him go out there and pitch every sixth day. Let me ask you this question: <clears throat> Going forward, with obviously not knowing the new managerial staff for next season, with the rotation the way it is, let's say Suarez has earned his spot, let's say Sandoval's earned his spot, let's say you know, well, obviously Sandoval has, but Detmers earns his spot. Those three lefties, with Kai Bush coming up, because I'm I'm under the estimation that I think he's the next guy that's going to make the jump. You know, it could be Bachman, but are they going to use him as a, a – do you think on a five-man rotation, not a six-man how it is now, a five-man rotation, do you think it's healthy to have four lefties in Otani? I think that is a something to talk about when the time comes. Okay. You know what I mean? As of right now, we're in a situation where we have a crop of young guys coming up. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, Patrick Sandoval and Demers have been here. But at the end of the day, they're still young guys. At the end of the day, they're still figuring out. This is not the best version of Reed Detmers, and this is most certainly not the best version of Patrick Sandoval that we've seen. You know, we were worried after the per, the uh, no-hitter, nearly perfect game, 
Yeah. That Reed Detmers was going to turn into Dallas Braden, walk around with a giant beard. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he just kind of was going to turn into nobody. That's what we were worried about because he really struggled after that. Yep. But he went down to AAA. Our AAA uh, pitching coaches did something weird, which is actually work with their talent. <laughs> Fix, tweak, tweak some things. And clearly he's come up and it, it has shown that he's a much better pitcher than he was when he pitched a no-hitter. You don't hear that every day. Nope, you sure don't. We've heard – we were under the estimation, me and you were both fearing the fact that maybe he's going to be one of these guys that comes up with a no-hitter and then just disappears, you know, yep. uh, and like maybe a Rick Porcello back in the day, players like that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so like – but but you're right you're right he's come up he's confident uh sandoval looks confident he he looks sort of like lackey too when he doesn't get a call his way or someone makes air he's pissed you know like like he's got fire in him and you like to see that and uh you know we're seeing a little bit out of suarez now too he's looking pretty dominant out there start after start so you know uh i think pitching's not the problem at all and we forget we have c rod uh, on the men tomorrow, uh, next year, he'll be back. Uh, canning, you know, what do we do with those guys? I've never been sold on uh, Chris Rodriguez, and here comes the hate. You can at me <laughs> at Lone Star Halo, or I'm the one who runs the Twitter, so at Halo's in the infield. I there like you. Chris Rodriguez because the kid has the talent. Mm-hmm. Problem with him has always been the health. Everyone's always been like, we should make him a starter, we should make him a starter, and he was a starter coming up. And then, you know, he got the role here in Anaheim as a reliever, did great mm-hmm. out of the bullpen, and then kind of sputtered, maybe mm-hmm. because of the injury. Mm-hmm. But the problem with him has always been his health. You know, he's got the skills to pay the bills. Problem is he hasn't been able to translate to long-term success because of the injuries. Okay, I, I get that. That's a perfect answer. One last question about the rotation before we get into the next topic. I just – these came off the top of my head. I'm sorry, bro. Um, but I want your I want your opinion on this because um, you've been analyzing the pitching all year. You've been like dead on. So I want to ask um, thoughts. Have we have we seen enough of Myers? And can we slide Jaime into that spot to finish out the year? I mean, I would if we were a winning ball club. At the end of the day, <laughs> we kind of know what we're going to get out of Jaime. You mm. know. I really like what I'm seeing out of him. I think he is a very good flex starter, number six in the rotation kind of piece. Okay. You know, can he eventually go into a number three, number four? I mean, that's kind of what we've heard from the beginning, from his rookie year, which was 2017, maybe? Was yes. Was it 2017 or was it 2018? It's 2017. It's been a while. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of been around for a minute, hasn't he? He has. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – I. I, I like him in the rotation, but um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, what are, what do we have to lose right now with giving Mike Myers a shot as a starter? We're gonna lose a couple of games. Uh, by the way, it was 2018 that was his rookie year. Oh, okay, okay. I figured it was 17. He started 26 games in 2018. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think it was that many. He I didn't played think in 26 games, and that sounded right. But starting all 26 is what was weird. He was 10 and nine that year. In 129 inning, 129 inning pitch, sorry. Um, I mean, his FIP was pretty high at 4.58, but his ERA was only 3.41. That's not bad. I, I just think for whatever reason, they, they haven't seen, you know, enough of him or wanted him to maybe be a little more, and he hasn't been. 
because I would think, you know, he's been pretty decent. You know, I, I know he had one bad year where he had a kind of a high ERA or two, but he was jerked around that year. Uh, those years. Yeah. Uh, 6.42 in 2019. Yeah. But he was jerked around, I remember, a lot. Yeah, 3.62. Mm-hmm. In 2021, a 4.61, and currently he's right now at 2.51. So, I mean, you know, his FIP has never been good. And FIP, for those of you guys who are like, what is a FIP? It's not like something you buy at a Dollar General. A FIP is fielding independent pitching. So, what happens is a lot of the times there's some pitchers who have, you know, an ERA of nine, but their FIP is two. What that means is, you know, it's their defense's fault. That's why it's fielding independent pitching. So it's, you know, hey, this is just you as a pitcher. What did you give up? His career FIP is 4.85, which is pretty dang high. Mm. That means, you know, if you take the fielding out of it, he's not a bad luck pitcher. He's just been hit around. Yeah, yeah. And I think some of that came to his uh, of ability, not you know, sort of what Suarez had too. He was just inconsistent in the strike zone. But they seem to be on it this year, both of those guys. I mean, they're 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 painting yeah. the corners. Uh, they're they're throwing some very uh, uh, what is it when you're in a, in a zone? They're throwing some very comfortable pitches that usually pitchers won't, don't want to give, but their stuff is so nasty, has a lot of biting on it and a lot of movement that they can afford to throw it in the in the strike zone. So they're getting a lot of swings and misses. So, are, do you like a potential bullpen of you know Otani, Suarez, Detmer, Sandoval? I mean, you really didn't answer the question yourself. Is that a rotation that you can see being a solid major league rotation for a few years now? And that's I, assuming we re-sign Otani after next year. Yeah, I mean, if even if you're talking about just next year, I like those four without a fifth starter. Now, preferably, I would like to throw a right-hander in there as as a good mixture instead of just Otani being the only uh, right-hander. Uh, but, yeah, that rotation with an offense that can actually hit consistently – get you at least three to six runs on a nightly basis. Yeah, I think that those guys would have great numbers next year. Okay, so if the season like ended today mm-hmm. and you had to make that, you know, those four guys there into into a rotation there, mm-hmm. who would you put, you know, one through four? I mean, we're, you know, we're pretending a fifth isn't even a factor. Let's just say out of those four, I'm guessing Otani's probably your ace. Mm-hmm. I would go Sandoval two. Detmir's three and Suarez four. Okay. I like yeah. that. I yeah. like that a lot. I think if you put, if you, you have to, you obviously have to get a righty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if you bring up Kai Bush, then we're talking about a heap of lefties. Yeah. That, that would remind me of a, a, a rotation back in the day. I think it was Langston, Finley, uh, Abbott. And there was one other lefty that was in their rotation. They had like four out of five starters that were lefties, which was weird. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the angels out of those 20 guys that they signed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who, who they drafted and they signed 19 of them, you know, at some point we have to see those guys, you know, start to come up mm-hmm. and we've seen it with Silseth. You know, we might see it with Bush, maybe. Um, I don't think Bachman's coming up this year because of his injury. Yep. I think he's more of a candidate for um, Arizona Fall League this year mm-hmm. so they can try to get his innings uh, up because, you know, he's he's a little bit behind in his development because mm-hmm. of injury. So I would imagine him going there, A, because he's a top prospect, mm-hmm. and B, because he needs a little bit more development to catch up to speed. Because, you know, I think he has a chance to break camp with the team next year. Yep. 
if he has a healthy offseason. And he has a good spring training, of course. I'm really excited for next year's spring training. You know, forget about, oh, Artie Moreno's not going to spend money, which we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Yep. You know, don't get your panties in a twist or or your boxers in a bunch. <laughs> or whatever people are wearing these days. Oh, geez. Yeah. It, it depends on the person and the, and the, the day they, they are or whatever they feel like that day. And, and don't yeah, forget about right. Braden uh, Old. 2022. There you go. Bray, Brayden Oldtoff or whatever, too. He's uh, been having a strong. Oh, boy, got uh, sent down. Where uh, Trash Pandas, no? Yep, he got sent back down. He went up to AAA, I think, for a minute. Yes, but but he's he's got good. So I mean, he 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 went through the Rocket City Pandas pretty quick, like quicker than I thought. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> he's got a three point seven six ERA this year, so not bad. Yeah, I mean, he's but he, before I think he went to Salt Lake, wasn't it? At uh, he had a two or something like that. He was pitching phenomenal. Uh, he he did have a little bit of rough a rough patch, but uh, again, there's another guy that <clears throat> either could be a really good bullpen piece. Or a long reliever, uh, but he's he's right now he's stretched out to be both a starter and a reliever. So, um, yeah. Oh, he went back down to single leg. My bad. Oh, single leg. Okay. Yeah. So May twenty third, uh, they sent him up to Rocket City. August twenty sixth, uh, he was assigned to the Tri City Dust Devils, which is our high A team for anybody wondering, and uh, he was activated that day by the Tri City Dust Devils, and he remains down there right now. Okay. We'll probably catch up with him too next off season, you know, prior to the season to see where he's at. But uh, that's another that's another dude that's uh, you know drafted this year by Perry or last year, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. But uh, moving on to the next next moving on to the next topic, which is oh, I, I have a question first. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I have my Bucky's cup here full of water, mm-hmm. and I needed uh, a coaster because I have a new desk here, you know. Mm-hmm. In the man cave setup, but I used a copy of Space Jam. Now, I love this movie. Am I using the wrong movie as a coaster? It. De- I need to go buy Bucky's coasters. That's what I need. Yeah, you do. But if you're gonna use a DVD, I gotta ask you a question though. Is it the original Space Space Jam? That's what, yes. That's what oh, then that's the original. <laughs> then that's kind of a sin because if it was the LeBron James one, you could prop your table with it. Uh, you could uh, you know, use it for whatever you have to, you know. I don't know what movie to use here. I have a ton of people. Why don't you just use that? <laughs> By the way, digging the bobbleheads. If the, if you're listening on podcast form, he has a gang of good looking bobbleheads behind him, with his new uh, setup of the Angel Stadium in the background and the Simmons and Calhoun and Tebow jerseys. Yeah, so, but if you're watching here on YouTube, there, there it is, his collection. Fernando was a. Uh, he used to stand outside Anaheim Stadium, get all the autographs, and uh, he has a lot of baseballs. I mean, at the tailgate last year, he was making some people really happy by giving away some autographed baseballs and whatnot. Yeah, I wish I could do it this year. I yeah, you know, I've gotten fortunate enough to the point where I have enough autographs where I was able to be like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. people were like super little. Oh my God, I got a Cole Calhoun. I'm like, I have like twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I haven't had the heart to give out yet is one of my trouts. One day, mm-hmm. one day when we hit like a, a huge milestone, maybe like ten thousand or something. I have four trout signed balls, so one day I'll I'll part with one of them and give them to a listener for well, sure. Yeah, if you I give it, if you give one away, we got to make a really good game for that, you know, or or trivia. Yeah, or absolutely. It's gonna be more than just like a oh retweet this. It's gonna be more than that. But <laughs> exactly. maybe it'll be an extravaganza and stuff. But there you uh, go. 
Yeah, almost everything behind me I've gotten hand signed. From my Albert Pujol signed helmet to all the trout balls to the jerseys behind me to like a heap of those bobbleheads. Almost everything I've gotten signed by hand. Um, to this speak- uh, Mark McGuire signed gold glove commemorative baseball. Yeah, that one's really nice, by the way. Really nice. Yeah. By the way, speaking of pool holes, is he catching 700 this year? Because he's racking them up. He's five short right now? Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's swinging like he's got a ringworm. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Does baseball look the other way if he's cheating? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, I mean, mean I, come on. I, I I hate to have that thought in my head, but I mean, come on, Todd. I mean, I don't, I don't know, unless some of these pitchers are being a little less, uh, you know, maybe the Pirates, you know, being out of contention, like, all right, let's serve him up one, whatever. Because um, he's going to face some of that bad pitching down the stretch here. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to finish with 701, dude, you know, because. You think so? You think yeah, he's going to get over the hump there? I think he's going to get over the hump, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he's get, he's been really selective in his hitting. The the swings I've been seeing him do, uh, he's he's – obviously got the uh, launch angle ready he's looking for anything up yeah. and if it's up he's, he's gonna going take a swing. yeah exactly <laughs> he's, he's going for it absolutely okay so they got washington right now pittsburgh milwaukee cincinnati for five games <laughs> yeah san diego for three games the dodgers for three games milwaukee pittsburgh pittsburgh yeah there he'll i think he's gonna get it dude i really do I think I think he's gonna okay. want because they're gonna play him and Molina a lot down the stretch. Well, I mean, yeah, they're still in first place, aren't they? Yeah, well, but you said we're gonna talk about the standings. Is this a yeah, good yeah, time? yeah. Well, yeah, you might oh, as well. Okay. Let's let's dial it up since we when, since we talked about that right now. Let's talk about the uh, central then. Okay. Yeah, this is your problem. This might change a little bit overnight because we're recording this on Monday, September fifth. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's like, well, you guys are a game off. Well, that now you know why. When this comes mm-hmm. out on Tuesdays, something might be. So let's start off with the AL East real quick. The Yankees are ahead by five games. The, the Yankees are 81 and 54. Tampa second at 75 and 58. Once again, they are five games back. Uh, let's go to the Central real quick in the American League. Uh, that Cleveland, Ohio team mm-hmm. is 68 and 64 mm-hmm. and is in first place. Because that is a hot garbage. That's just a candy ass division, if you ask me. Sure is. The Twins are 68 and 65 at second place. They are currently half a game back. That'll obviously change by the time you can wake up in the morning. Uh, Houston is obviously ahead here in the AL West there, 87 and 48. Seattle is in second right now at 76 and 59. They are 11 games back. All right, and over to the National League, the New York Mets are in first place of the East at 85 and 50, and they have Atlanta breathing down their necks at 84 and 51. They are one game back. Now, over mm-hmm. to the Central, we were just talking about the Cardinals. They are in first place. They are 79 and 56. They have a little bit of wiggle room over Milwaukee, who is 71 and 63. They are seven and a half games back. And last and definitely least, we have the Dodgers at 92 and 41. They are 19 and a half games ahead of second place San Diego, who is 74 and 62. And I don't know if you saw, but you're not a Twitter guy because you're, you know, a dinosaur. But uh, <laughs> there is Padres fans who have officially busted out the paper bags. Oh, wow. At 
75 at 74 and 62. Angels fans were in paper bags before it was cool this season, but you know, whatever. But hey, but I'm a, I don't I don't want to say trendsetters. But, well, maybe the maybe know, the fake fans, fake fans. I had to dust off my jersey today, Doug, because we're winning. So you know, I'm a fake fan, so I had to dust off my mm-hmm. numerous amounts of Angels jerseys. Well, did the <clears throat> all I want to know is do they have a uh, a their own version of the podcast down there that takes pegs off of other fans' faces or or is that just ours? <laughs> uh I don't think Padres fans care enough. <laughs> well, I mean, have you seen those ugly All uh, the new uh, ones have their tags on, Todd. They have their tags on their jerseys. Right, it says right. it says Tatis and they duct tape it to say Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox from Halos in the Infield. Have you ever thought of owning your own Amazon store? Amazon is making a killing nowadays. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about people making additional income through Amazon. And that's what we all need to do, especially with the price of gas soaring, food prices on the rise, and the economy taking a fall. So why not make some extra money? So there's this company I know about called Riley Ecom, who can help you set your own store up without having to spend hours learning how to run it. They do everything for you. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about owning an Amazon store or has any questions at all, please call Jason at Riley Ecom at 562-455-7154. Tell him that Todd Fox sent you. Once again, that's 562-455-7154. Because who can use some easy money right now and some extra money? I know I can. How about you? Hey, it's Todd Fox here. Do you want a cash offer for your house? Fair price for your house buys homes no matter the condition of the home or circumstances. Whether you're getting a divorce, need extensive repairs, or behind on your payments, Fair Price for Your House will give you the cash offer within 24 hours of receiving your info and pay you out in as little as seven days. No agents, no commission, no hidden fees, and best of all, no obligation. So now I'm just thinking, what the heck are you waiting for? If you're interested in finding out what your house cash offer is, give them a call now. Get your free no-obligation cash offer. The number is 562-455-7154. Once again, it's 562-455-7154, and tell them Todd Fox sent you. Say, like, loser, like, see you in 2023, some stuff like that. Well, have you seen the City Connect? as much. Have you seen the City Connects that they got? They are terrible. The Padres? Uh, you know, I didn't like them at first. You know, they're they're a little loud. <laughs> I'll say that. But, you know, as a proud Latino man, I, I appreciate what they stand for. And, you know, as somebody who lived in San Diego for 20 years, I appreciate them trying to do what the Angels won't do, and that's appeal to the Latin fan base, the Hispanic fan base, which is such a missed opportunity mm-hmm. for the Angels, who have the first majority minority owner. Yes, I said that correctly. You know, Artie Moreno mm-hmm. was the first Latino man to fully own a sports franchise. And did they take advantage of that? None whatsoever. No, no They could have. They could have. He would have lit up the areas, you know, surrounding Anaheim, Santa Ana, Fullerton. But, uh, you know, we talked about that. But I'll, I'm saying about the Padres, the pink and yellow, I don't dig that. If they would have gone more Mexican colors or something like that, then it would have been cool. I just, I, I agree with you. It's a little loud, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm not a fan of those. But, you know, it, it fits like the high energy that they're trying to have as a ball club. That's the yeah, thing. Right. 
you would. Know I don't know. I, mean? I would just. Ex- I would expect that from Florida. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, Florida has those like super loud. What the red pinstripe, the red mm-hmm. and white pinstripes, red and blue pinstripes. Yeah, it's like red and like a darkish blue gray, something like that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I I definitely like ours. I think ours are some of the better city connects, along with like the White Sox. I like mm-hmm. theirs. Um. Yeah, and then you have you know just absolute trash like the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's unimaginable. Absolute scum. Yeah. Yeah, it, I it's like way you know it's like they waited till like five minutes before they're like oh let's go with this. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of anything Zero else. Into it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it was a missed opportunity for them because like the Dodgers are another organization that truly could have embraced the Latin heritage, and I don't want to hear anything about it saying Los Dodgers. They didn't even go with Los Doyers. (laughs) That's how it's supposed to be said. So, What are we doing here? What are we doing here, Dodgers? I mean, I've never cheered for the Dodgers to make a good decision, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that this is the bad decision that they made because, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. Um, One thing I want to hit on before we move on to, I think, the Artie stuff. Um, our boy Rossiel Iglesias. Um, obviously, you brought up in the standings. They're catching the Mets, and I think right now he's a big reason why. You want to explain his numbers? Yeah, I need to pull up that uh, tweet I made yesterday. I'm holding the TikTok. It, it was re- it was really poignant that you brought it up because a lot of people you had the honks going, "Oh, you do you didn't want him here. Now he's good. You're gonna praise him and stuff. You're not a real fan." It's like, no, we're stating the obvious. Yeah, did they not listen to the trade deadline show? Obviously not, because the trade deadline show, we were flabbergasted. Yeah, that was probably the highlight. A lot of people said the highlight was us reacting to Heaney the year before, and then the highlight was us thinking, okay, we're done for the – (laughs) what? Yeah. I know my favorite was like Dominic being like, no, stop playing. Yeah. Dude, why would I lie about this? He was like, what? What? Yeah, so Rysel Iglesias is being traded to the Braves has an ERA of 0.71. Yikes. Yeah. 0.71, Halo fam. That That is what has happened since he went to a <clears throat> team that is in contention. Maybe he doesn't like playing meaningless games after the month of May. That could be because uh, for lack – it was never lack of effort for him here. I You know, he had like a, a closer's mentality – we used him the wrong way a lot, um, but when he was in here, he was a dog, and uh, he was definitely scaring, uh, putting the scare into teams. And when they entered the ninth inning with us up, so you know I'm happy for him in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's got a sick ass bullpen getting ready for the postseason, so uh, I'm definitely wanting to see. And Otani did it again, just homer to left. So there you go, another home oh, yeah. run. There it is, right there. I- I'm watching the game too. Yeah. Hey, the boot barn home run, huh? Yeah. It's come to. <laughs> the guy throws one pitch and it's gone. He just came in for Detroit Hill and it's home run to left center. And that's when we know Otani's on it. Day? Yeah, it's a second. Uh, when Otani's doing good, he's he's pulling the or he's going the other way. So he's he's on fire. Um man, he is going for Aaron Judge. He sure is. Well, I don't know about that, but he, he oh, you mean, oh, the, there it is. He just got squirted in the face. And the he's going for the MVP, yeah, uh, like the uh, the race. He's, I'm telling you, he if he gets 14 or 15 wins to close out the season plus 40 home runs, you you can't give it to Judge. I don't care. You just can't. 
Yeah, I, I, I think people are absolutely correct when they're saying the whole, um, you know, people are having this Otani fatigue. I mm -hmm. think it's true. Okay. You know what I mean? We're we're already starting to forget. I mean, but we, I mean, just baseball community mm -hmm. as a whole is starting to forget how good Shohei Otani is. Yes. You know, I think the Halo Bros. <clears throat> are the ones who said it. They might have said something along the lines of, um, you know, Aaron Judge is history or whatever, or sorry, makes history. Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani is the history. That's a good I point. I mean, I am tired of these Babe Ruth comparisons tired of them mm -hmm. babe ruth was dog water babe ruth wouldn't have been good enough to open up the rat bait stations that i have to do in new york every single month mm -hmm. he wouldn't have been good enough to scrub with the huevitos of an old man in one of those nursing homes with a sponge today okay <clears throat> shomi otani is a mega athlete you can put shomi otani in any sport and i guarantee you he stays afloat yeah, and it's the thing is, you brought up several times, I mean, Babe Ruth has played uh, plumbers, you know, and janitors and things yeah. like that in his day. And you look at the, the the game of baseball, if you ever see any highlights of Babe Ruth, and there's very few, Babe Ruth runs yeah. like he's, you know, uh, you know, what is it? He runs like he's a little kid, like he's out of shape. The fact that yeah. he just had a real quick swing and good eyes and that's what you needed in baseball. He, you know, and he said, "Oh, he was a good pitcher." Yeah, he was a good pitcher. Okay, you know, he did dual things early in his career. But again, you're not playing the best of the best. You're not playing the African Americans. You're not playing any of the Hispanics back in the day. You know, you had talent other places that you know, but it wasn't allowed. So, it wasn't. You know, you're looking at the best of the best playing in the world. You know, Otani being one of them, and he's facing you know the best of the best in the major leagues, best of the best in Japan. You know, and you've got all the saber metrics, all that stuff that you didn't have back in the day. Back then, back in the day, it was just like, hey, throw a strike or a slider, whatever pitch you got. There was no, you know, really, uh, you know, looking into the other team's players and trying to get a scouting report. So, yeah, I'm tired of it, too. You know, stop putting him up against Babe Ruth. He is the Otani. You know, the next guy, or if yeah. there is a next guy to do this, they're going to be compared to Otani. They shouldn't be compared to Babe Ruth. So I'm with you 100% on that. You can tell that Babe Ruth played a different time because he played for 22 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you can't play for 22 years because, you know, of how much more intense the level of play is. Mm -hmm. Babe Ruth runs how I run in my dreams when I'm trying to run away from something. And it's like <laughs> I have, like, cinder blocks on my feet. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone yes. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you're trying to run away from, like, you know, a tsunami in your dream, and you're like, <sighs> you're pumping as fast as you can, and you're not moving. Well, yeah, I mean, he's literally the only guy that I think Pujols can beat in real time. If Babe Ruth was there and they were to run fastest to first base, I think Pujols could beat Babe Ruth. There you go. I think I think Pujols might be able to do like the worm <laughs> and get there before Babe Ruth. I think, yeah, I think Babe Ruth is like the slug in Moshe's University. Imagine how many double plays with a shift that he would hit into nowadays, Babe Ruth. Yeah, I mean, the same thing with Pujols. Dude, I love how, like, Pujols is, like, going to retire, and, like, next year they're like, all right, well, we're doing away with the shift. He's like, Pujols probably would have had, like, 6,000 hits if it wasn't for the shift. Probably, probably. That definitely is limited again, a lot of guys. I, I look at a batter like Tony Gwynn, and I'm like, would Tony Gwynn have been as good if it was for the shift? Because, I mean, they really didn't shift much in the 80s and 90s. They did, but not to the extent of now. Yeah, but Gwyn was like Carew, though. Those guys were just solid hitters. If you if you did shift, he would just be like, okay, I'm going to poke it the other way. And he would do it. I mean, like yeah, guys like he him. He's a true hitter. 
yeah, him, uh, Babe Ruth, Carew, uh, Gwyn, those guys were just phenomenal hitters, dude. Phenomenal hitters. Yeah, second best hitter I've ever seen in my life behind Andrew Velasquez. <laughs> See, then you lose me. Then you lose me. Yeah, you go right. the squiddy poo on me. There you go. Sorry, sorry. You know Escobar, okay? You know Escobar. All right. You know me. Big you know Escobar guy right here. Huge, huge. I see all those yeah. Escobar uh, bobbleheads behind you. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have any. If anyone has a Yanel Escobar Blue Jays bobblehead, I want to get my hands on one. I have not hung up my signed Yanel Escobar jersey yet. It's still in the closet, wow. along with my uh, the state of California with the LED sign. It's still in the closet. <laughs> I did finally get up all like my valuable bobbleheads over there. Those of you guys on YouTube. Oh, the there you go. There, all valuable. <clears throat> Did you get? Did you put that fat head? I'm so jealous that you have up yet because that one's super nice. The, the what? The Angels fat head. Oh no, that had to go in the garbage. Remember, because I moved a couple states. And oh, got bad. Damn it! I would have cut that off your wall. I love that thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Birthday present. So let's so let's talk about the the real the real uh, you know one we were talking about here today, which is Artie Moreno. And uh, obviously news, you know, we've had a little time, like you said, in the opening to sit on it, think about it. And, uh, you know, just what are your thoughts, man, about Artie? Um, hold up. My thoughts are, why is this not connecting? It's always fun when that happens. Yeah, my <laughs> thoughts are, are, are simply this, that no matter which way you slice it and dice it, we're getting what we asked for, right? Mm. You know, he has not officially sold the team yet, but, you know, like everyone's saying, you don't announce that you're going to sell the team and not do it. Mm -hmm. You know, can he still pull out? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, you know, there's a lot of accidental pregnancy where somebody could have pulled out. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm going to say here that the chances are that this team is going to be sold. Mm -hmm. I And you and I were talking when I was driving to Memphis, and you were keeping me up at night, so thank you. Mm -hmm. um, that I don't think it's going to be one single person that's going to buy the team. I, I think the days of one male or female buying the team is probably just out of the question, right? It's it's too expensive nowadays. You're probably going to need a group of people. Not a lot of people have, you know, $3 billion, $4 billion bringing a hole in their pocket. Yeah, a few money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even the guy who bought the Broncos, I think that was the most expensive deal. In, mm -hmm. in sports history at a couple mm -hmm. billion and that guy was involved with walmart so he just had money up the wazoo even he had a group but you and i also said uh, groups are good because groups hold people accountable arnie moreno can do whatever he wants he can spend a billion dollars on wasted contracts and that's fine because mm -hmm. it's his money mm -hmm. but you know, if you're in a situation like, let's just say Magic Johnson and the Dodgers ownership group, if, you know, I don't know anybody involved in that besides Magic Johnson, if, you know, Johnny McLoser was like, I want to sign Anthony Rendon, and the rest of the people were like, no, that's not happening. I mean, the, Johnny McLoser can't make that call. <clears throat> if Marty Moreno is like, I want to sign Josh Hamilton, Carol Moreno's like, okay. And that's yeah. just how it has been. Yeah, I mean, he's it's basically a dictatorship with him, and it's a good point. I mean, Magic Johnson's literally just a figurative head, you know, sort of like the president. Yeah. You know, he just speaks for the government, but really the, the, the Democrats and the House is the ones that make the decision. 
you know so <clears throat> it's the same thing with uh you know the dodgers group those guys that that we don't even know the names of the, the ownership group you know only the dodger fans really are hardcore fans even most dodger fans don't know where the dodgers are or how they got their name but the the fact of the matter is that the ownership group gets to make those decisions together and then they tell magic and then magic's out there with his big old smile being positive about a signing or two uh, so it is what it is. What yeah, thank you. Um, but uh, ba- <laughs> but basically, you know, that's what we're getting excited about hearing because the latest rumor is the Golden State Warriors group up there, which has made a successful, uh, you know, new arena in San Francisco, uh, basically moving the Warriors out of Oakland. Uh, they, obviously, they're big on winning. Uh, the Warriors have won several championships in this LeBron era, if you follow basketball. So you get a, an ownership group like that that is very interested to stay in California, have another team in a different sport. What are your thoughts on that? Are you for that? The Warriors ownership group buying? Yes. The Warriors owner is only worth like $2 billion, so we'd have to finance the rest of the team. Now, that's possible. Ooh, Statue Stassi came through. Um <laughs> It's, so it's possible, right? They're just going to mm-hmm. have to finance a team or get other people involved. Um, you know, now his story and then, you know, a bunch of other podcasts where he talked about it. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but, you know, he used to work for the Angels mm-hmm. um, selling peanuts, I believe it was, which sidetracked. That was my dream job as a kid before I understood the concept of money. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a peanut vendor because I wanted to get paid to watch baseball games. And I'll probably do it when I'm older. That's the <laughs> retirement game. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, why not? Honestly, I just want somebody who cares about the organization or just somebody who cares <laughs> about baseball, you know, and wants to win. Now, I'm so tired of people who are like, oh, well, what? We're going to get an owner who doesn't spend money. You know what, dude? I don't care if we have a bottom of the barrel payroll. Yeah. As long as we have an owner who is pointing this organization in some direction. Oh, well, Fernando, you're an idiot. See, this is how I know you're not a real Angels fan, right? That's what yeah. the haters are going to say. Uh, one page in particular. But what I'm <laughs> saying here is the fact that what are we afraid of? We're going to get an owner who doesn't spend money? Great. We have an owner who spends money right now, and that's never been our argument with Artie Moreno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he spends money. Great. Yeah, a billion dollars in failed contracts, over a billion dollars in failed contracts. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, at the end of the day is, okay, what if we get an owner who doesn't spend money? What do we have to worry about? Fifth place? Oh, I'd hate to be one of the lowest payrolls <clears throat> in baseball and be in fifth place instead of being one of the highest payrolls in baseball and being in fourth place. Yeah, and you're expected to be in first place with a high payroll like that. Like, if you look at the Atlanta Braves, just in the last couple of years, they've made, you know, either additions by by other trades or they've gotten, you know, they've re-signed their own dudes that they brought through the system. And you're talking about raising, you know, like I think it's four, four of their biggest contracts are under, you know, together combined are under uh, five, 500 million, half a billion dollars. And you, and you, if you're t- telling me that's I'm following up on the idiot statements that some honks will say like, oh, careful who you uh, wish for, you know, whether it's a guy like Cronky or somebody else, you really think that a billionaire or a billionaire group nowadays is going to come in there, spend at least two point five billion on this team to buy them and all their assets combined, and then not spend any money to make them win. Because I, I can yeah. go with that theory back in the day when, when franchises were going for less than $200 million. I could say, okay, 
you know, because that's what happened with the Rockies. You know, the ownership bought them and did shit with them because they were so cheap. You know, they were, you know, so like if you if you buy a franchise nowadays, hell, you got to invest some money to make some of that large amount of money back. So why would you not want Otani to be part of the franchise when you buy him? Why would you not go out there and spend money and, and get in all these free agents and try to build that team up and get him back in the first place? So I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I don't see anybody in their right mind that would spend $2.5 billion with an old-ass stadium and obviously that needs work around the parking lot. To get all that stuff together and do all the things that Artie was trying to do, you got to spend some freaking money. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't understand that mentality of, oh, well, you know, we're going to get an owner who didn't spend money. Great. Okay, cool. Let's get an owner who doesn't spend money. Let's have a sense of direction. Even if the owner was like, we're going to tear down right now, we're going to rebuild in the next four or five years, we're going to be in contention. You know what? We have a direction. Well, and That's I, and not what I'm cheering for. Yeah, I not, want an owner to come in here and spend smart money. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, like, like just no, the fine. fact that what you were saying, I, I, you know, again, I think they're going to spend money no matter what to do those things, whatever. But if you were say, if you were to say going off your point, where hey, I'm a lower payroll, but I'm gonna get players to win. But we're just we don't need to get those two hundred fifty million dollar players. We don't need to get those three hundred million dollar players outside of Otani. So yeah, if you're spending the money wisely, like you said, like how Artie wasn't, he was just pissing money away. Like you said, over a billion dollars worth of worthless contracts. If he, yeah, I'm with you, bro. If he's lowering the payroll, but we're getting a fantastic staff like the Atlanta Braves uh, or hitting or hitting lineup or something like that, yeah, I'm all for it. Or even like you said. Give us direction because as Angels fans, like you said, I think we're we've been floundering for what the last six, seven years to where at any point if they would have decided to tank, we'd have a direction to go to. Let's talk real quick about so the Angels right now have the tenth highest payroll in baseball at mm-hmm. 180 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Ninth highest Braves, 181 million. Then you got the Astros at eight, 183 million. You got the White Sox at seven at 196. You got the Red Sox at six at two hundred and eight million. Padres are the fifth highest payroll at two nineteen. Then you got the Phillies four two hundred and forty three million. Yankees are three with two hundred and fifty three million. Mets number two two hundred and sixty two million, and then the Dodgers at two hundred and sixty five million. God damn, that's a lot of money, bro. If you include, yeah, exactly. <coughs> I don't see how you could spend that much, and like, like, that's the problem I have with baseball. I mean, you just don't have that, um, that ceiling, and you really don't have that floor. So, I mean, you have, I think, a couple franchises that were in the uh, below forty million dollars, and then you got the Dodgers. Orioles sitting there. are the lowest at forty-three million. Oh, forty-three. Okay, because uh, I think and the Orioles are in contention right now for a playoff spot. Yeah, they're only they're couple. The hunt. They're only like three or four games out. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know why, Todd? Because the Orioles have a direction in their in their franchise, you know they, what? They were in a situation where they were contending every year. They were contending. Mm-hmm. They were making it into the playoffs. They were flirting. You know, they had a prime Adam Jones, a prime Manny Machado, who you know still in his prime. Mm-hmm. They had a uh, they had uh, uh, Matt Weeders. You know, they had these guys. They had these good young pieces at the time. Mm-hmm. And right and right now they. Right now they've got like I think they just brought up the number two prospect. They have that catcher. His, his name's escaping me. <clears throat> He's been a stud. Their pitching staff's been good. Uh, their bullpen's been good. Um, you know they got, got a closer can throw a hundred miles per hour. 
uh, you know, that's that's going to be a team that's going to be on the up and up. But like you said, they 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 decided to go a direction and they went all in. They pushed their chips in, yep. and uh, next year they're going to be a dangerous team. That whole AL East is going to be dangerous. Hey, and the other thing that you're forgetting about is that they traded their you know franchise guy. I put air quotes around it because you know they weren't you know uh, super in contention, but you know their franchise guy was Trey Mancini, right? True. He was the guy who people knew. They traded him to the Astros, and now he's really not even playing there in Houston. But what I'm saying is they have the cojones to trade their best player, at least on paper, the guy who everyone knew. He was kind of the face of their franchise. Fan favorite. And what do they have to show for it? Yeah, fan favorite. They're still contending. (laughs) Yeah. Why? Maybe because their general manager made a good baseball decision. Look, jury for me is still out on Perry Menazza. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm out of respect for Perry. I'm not going to really judge him until I can see what he can do this offseason. You know, I think people have a good point. I don't think Artie Moreno is going to spend a ton of money this offseason. Mm-hmm. He might re-sign Choi Otani because he makes your organization more valuable. Yep. But at the end of the day, yeah, maybe Artie isn't going to spend a lot of money. But that's the thing. Perry's job and a general manager's job has never been to spend money. It's going to create a contending baseball team. And that's possible. Don't believe me? Ask the Orioles. Don't believe me? Ask the Guardians. You can ask the Rays. You can ask most A's teams. None of those teams have had high-dollar guys. Yep. They have the right guys and the right pieces, and they lead to winning. Look at the Cubs in 2016 when they won. Yeah, they had some big names. Because they made those big names. Mm-hmm. And they were able to add the pieces through the system or through deals to to uh, to continue the process, continue to win. I mean, we've seen it in the past. The Marlins, the Brewers are one of those teams that doesn't really have a high payroll, but they're always flirting with or in the postseason or going deep in the postseason. So they, they know how to draft. They know how to trade, like you said, get the right players. They have a system. They have a Brewer's way, a Ray's way. Um Angels don't they've lost their way for some time. And uh like you said, I'm with you hundred percent. Perry, this is his biggest off season. Um, you know, we we've seen a couple off seasons now, we've seen a couple trade deadlines, you know, we've seen the drafting. Let's see what this can do going into next season. Cause obviously there is a hope that we know that the pitching staff should be good. But then again, what's gonna happen with the coaching staff? You know, that's I think that's his first big thing is coaching staff than what you do with Otani, the whole ownership like this, this franchise has so much drama around it right now, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And, and that's part of the reason why we're excited to see already go. Everyone's like, Oh, well, what about the owner who doesn't spend money? What about an owner who doesn't do illegal shady stuff? <laughs> what about an owner who pays their hardworking stadium employees who get minimum wage during a global pandemic? Well, it's not Artie's job to do that. You know, the Artie apologists are going to say, <laughs> Yeah, well, how come other owners did that? How come Kevin Love paid his, out of his own pocket to help some of the stadium staff in Cleveland? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think Pujols might have helped. He might. Was there have. an article that came out? I, I think that might have happened. I think Pujols might have helped some of the uh, some of the stadium staff in uh, Tempe during the pandemic, if I remember correctly. If not, I'm giving Pujols some you know some extra pups. Just take it. <laughs> He'll be here another ten but, years. <laughs> yeah, he will be. 
he will be. That's the thing. Once he retires, he, he's here on that service contract. Do you think in an un, if he's sitting at six ninety nine, is there any way he comes back next year, even for a week or two? I would like love if the I, Cardinals maybe give him like a you know a, a contract. I would love. I would I would love to say I thought you were gonna say the Angels bring him back, but no. I think uh yeah, I think <laughs> um as a goodwill gesture, if he's on six ninety nine, I think you have to for the Cardinals. And then maybe he you make a deal with him where if he either hits seven hundred or seven hundred one, he, he automatically says, Hey, I'm hanging it up at that point, you know, because you're not gonna need a whole nother year of him batting below two fifty. I mean, look what Ichiro did. Remember he re- he retired, right? Yeah. And then he came back the opening series the next year because the Mariners were playing in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, may we see that? We may. You never know. I mean, especially if you can schedule the Pirates a lot in that first month. Maybe he could tee off on them <laughs> to get the 700. I mean, should I see the Cardinals schedule for next year? Because it was a... Uh... I remember when Mark McGuire needed all those home runs. They played the Expos an awful lot in that last month of September. <laughs> That's when he was teeing <laughs> off on them. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's – if like everything you mentioned legally, the stuff he's done, um, you know, by running the organization, all these clouds with free agencies, whether they're going to spend money or not, the new coaching. I mean, there is so much to talk about Angels-wise – on and off the field, I mean, and then that's not that's not even bringing up the World Baseball Classic after you know the World Series of spring training, who's going to make it to the rosters? I mean, there's so much to talk about, and uh, you know it, we're going to be taking it one week at a time, one month at a time here on Halos in the infield because there's going to be a lot of breaking news. I mean, we could have a new owner before we could have one next season at some point mid season because didn't the sale of Disney go through mid season 2003? Like it didn't happen in the off season, right? I think it was mid-season, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, those those ownership deals can take place in the middle of the season, too. So, uh, I would be shocked if it gets done by Tempe next year, but um, we'll see. I mean, there's you never know. Yeah, it's going to be the most interesting offseason we've ever seen in Angels history. You know, will the team be sold? If that happens, how will that affect the offseason? Will it happen before the offseason? Will it happen in the middle of the offseason? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, will Otani stay? Will he go? Mm-hmm. What does Ari Moreno want to do? Does he spend money? Does he not spend money? You know, is there more salary dumps? There, there is so much to talk about. Uh, I, I'm definitely excited to talk about the off season. <clears throat> Honestly, you know, we just kind of need to hit fast forward on this season. It, it's a wrap. We're cooked. We're toast. It's over. Mm-hmm. The fat lady has sung. <laughs> Okay, I guess technically not. I mean, I I, I keep I, I hate being that person because I don't want to sign optimistic because I'm not. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the season's over. It's we're not making the playoffs under any condition. If we do, I will get a tattoo that says, you know, division, you know, a playoff appearance, something like that, something stupid. How about that? Okay, well, let me ask you one last question about the Angels' season, actually regular season. The fact that they're sitting at 58 and 76, they're likely going to be 59 and 76 going into this one. The last month here of September, can the Angels avoid the dreaded, you know, because their, their worst season was 92 losses. Can they keep it under 92 or do they go over? I I don't think this is going to be the worst season just because they've started to play better lately. Mm-hmm. If you would have asked me that, like, you know, before the Yankee series, I, I might have actually thought, that it would have turned out to be that kind of season. 
But, um, I mean, what, they got the Tigers, the Astros, the Guardians, the Mariners, the Rangers, the Twins, the A's, the Rangers. I don't know, man. Half that, not that bad. The other half, I'm like, man, we're going to get, like, you know, we're going to get cooked. Mm-hmm. Well, the magic number to get. They hit 92. The magic number is to get to 71. So we're, uh, we're what, 12 games away from that now? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a 92 loss season? Uh, I, I keep thinking it is only because they had so many games they let slip through their fingers that they could have avoided this very easily with just a hit or two, you know. And right now, by the way, the Tigers just put in a position player in the ninth <laughs> or the bottom of the eighth. That's always awesome. Uh, maybe that'll be the question of the day. Maybe that'll be the question of the day. Then will the Angels, you know, break their ninety-two uh, loss record this year? Oh, Cody Clemens, Roger Clemens' son, is out there pitching. Hey, there you go. Pump the sixth, the sixth, the the ringworm, <laughs> the sixth <laughs> time he's pitched out as a position player this year. That's crazy. Uh, okay. <laughs> the two-way star, Shohei who? Exactly. And he's got no ERA, too. Oh! Dude, Matt Dice, almost. <laughs> yeah, right. We're just having some fun here. Hey, that was way uh, too Anthony easy. Rendon coming in about left-handed. Just kidding. He's on the bench. <laughs> he's on the bench. Don't worry, though. Rendon getting that Skrilla. <laughs> let's, let, let's... There you go, Dice. I think that is a beautiful question to ask tomorrow is can they get the 12 wins to avoid the worst season in angels history and uh honk if honk if yes <laughs> or <laughs> but realist if no yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's not when you honk i thought i was waiting for it oh my bad say it again show me your honks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go not quite the Edwin Diaz entrance, but close enough with the horn. Oh, yeah. I think the Mets capitalized on that big time. That's so awesome, man. Let's see if yeah, Otani. Pretty cool. Oh, he was trying. Okay, so I'm trying to think. Anything else to add about this one? I mean, it's nice to talk about some winning baseball. Uh, it's nice that the team is seemingly finally being sold. Mm-hmm. I mean. I never thought it was actually going to happen. I thought old man Artie was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Until, you know, his wife was one. He's like, we're going to sell the team. He actually, for the first time, I think it was you or maybe someone else said it um, in the uh, preseason that Artie looked a lot more frailer this year. And we were thinking maybe it would be a health thing if it, if it were to come up. But, you know, with all the pending legal stuff, I'm I'm more on the long lines of that. It's just like I was with you. I was like, eh, it's going to be, if anything, another four or five years. Uh, we're going to be stuck with Artie. Just let's get the best out we can. Now it's just like, damn, dude, it's going to happen. You know, it's just when. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was big news when it happened. Uh, I know we were going crazy in the group chat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we had some time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We had that moment of, do we drop the news? We decided not to because we're not news breakers. And then that's when Fabian Ardaya was like, oh, he's selling the team. And we were like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> Clemens just struck out Otani and they kept the ball. <laughs> he pumped like his Hall fist. <laughs> hey, Hall of Fame. He's only, what, 3,000 strikeouts behind his dad or more? <laughs> 
Yeah, right. They might have the most strikeouts combined as a father-son duo. There you go. <laughs> His dad did the heavy lifting, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing a stat that said like um it said that uh, Chris Gwynn and Tony Gwynn had the most hits combined as a brother duo. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like how Barry and Bobby are the, you know, the father and son with the most homework. No, the oh, Griffies yeah. probably. Oh, yeah, the grip, the Griffies got to be, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, they both had a pretty good amount. The dad had like, what, 200? The son obviously was in the sixes. Well, now you're going to start to see the second generation guys like on the Blue Jays, Bichette, Guerrero. Those guys are going to get up there, you know, overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. I'm a Tatis, maybe. If he could, if he could stay off the peak. He's got some extra help. Yeah, exactly. He has some extra help now. What was your opinion on that, by the way? Um, I didn't believe the whole ringworm or whatever else they were saying with him. I it's to me, it's sad for the game of baseball because. Tatis is a rising star. He was going to be one of these face. Now, now you're going to look at him and be like, nah, you know, he's, he's got an asterisk by him too. And uh, you, you kind of feel for the fan base down there in San Diego and baseball in general. Um, and they showed a picture of him in the uh, off season. He got, he did get big. So uh, he's obviously juicing. So, I mean, that whole, and then just, I mean, if you're, I think people had more respect for players back in the day when they got busted that they just said, Hey, you know what? I was juicing. I was cheating the game. We have a forgive and forget second chance mentality here in America. And uh, unfortunately, you know, if you choose to go the other way, like a Rafael Palmero, a Tatis. Period. Exactly. You're you're going to get the shaft. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that. It is bad for baseball. And unfortunately, I think for him, there's kind of no coming back from it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, let's just say he has a Hall of Fame career. The kid has potential. We know that. He's a very talented guy. It's he's definitely one of those guys where you're like, why did you do this? You didn't have to do this. You have talent. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, no matter what happens now, he's going to have that asterisk. You know, he has a good rest of his career. Oh, we'll put him in the Hall of Fame. I know. He got popped. He got popped that one time. You know, I think the Padres paid him too early. I've been saying that from the beginning. They paid him way too early. And look what the Mariners did with Julio Rodriguez. Hope, you know, is it going to be the same thing? You know, for the game of baseball, hopefully not. For our sake of the division, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a risky. Now, I'm glad you brought up the Rodriguez thing. That is a risky, risky move right there by DePoto. It could either blow up in his face or really, really pay off. So we'll have to see how that one goes. Only time will tell. But the Tatis one, like you said, was uh, dead on. They paid him too early. Yeah. Absolutely. You're a genius or you're a jackass. Exactly. We all know what the Padres you know, are at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of people who, who want A.J. Preller's head. You know, they're GM. They went from, you know, we love this guy, Rockstar GM, to, mm-hmm. oh, he sucks because, you know, the Padres started to tank. Because in 2015, when he came over uh, from the Rangers, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you got, you know, Matt Camp. He got Justin Upton. He got Will Myers, Jaden Shields. This guy's great. Those none of those guys panned out, literally any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, you know, fire this guy. They decided to write it out because you know the Padres have this hot talent lava. That's all I ever heard on San Diego Sports Talk Radio. Hot talent lava, hot talent lava, and it never came. Don't care what Padres fans say, it never came. None of the guys they drafted ever worked out. They traded almost all of them, DFA'd almost all of them. And um, now look where they are. They're in a situation now where people want AJ Preller's head again because. 
You know, he gave this big contract to Tatis, and it backfired. Why? Gene Sir, you're a jackass. And we'll see what <laughs> happens with DePoto. We really will. You know, DePoto made some really bad signings here. How much can we blame on DePoto? Who knows? Because, you know, you never know with what already had, you know. I, I can't imagine DePoto was crazy about a guy like, you know, Hamilton or Pujols or Wilson. <clears throat> I think he just, DePoto had a way of doing things. And right now he's a rock star up in Seattle. He's riding the wave. The team looks like they're going to be pushing and breaking that 21-year drought. Uh, I think longest in sports right now. So if he gets into the postseason, kudos to DePoto. I think, again, time will only tell on his legacy there. But I think right now it started out rocky in Seattle. People didn't know why it was taking so long to rebuild. But if you look at the team, they're set pretty good for the next few years if they continue to go on the path that they are. And like you said earlier, you know, they found a path. They went with it. They went all in. And now look where they're at. And we just wish the Angels had done that at the time that they should have. Yeah, that's what, 2016, 2017 maybe? Correct. Where they really should have gone in, or at least at the latest 18. Because in 17, they kind of had a chance. Mm -hmm. Remember, they didn't have a healthy Trout that year. Trout got hurt for the first real time of his career where he makes an extended amount of time sliding into second base, I believe, in Houston. Yeah, yeah, his finger. Yeah, that was a rough season, man. That was a rough season. I had so much hope for that team, and that team looked great. They sure did. They sure did. On paper, they looked traded Cameron Maven. Yeah, I, he was another one of those guys. He just didn't, you know, just a spark plug. Great atmosphere guy. Uh, great, um, you know, in the in the bench. So there you go. That'd be a fun offseason episode. Talk about twenty seventeen. Yeah, we 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 should redo a couple of those because I don't even know if we uh, put out those season ones. I think we did them. I think we did. We put out a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to get. We'll 17, have to revisit. Seventeen is what I want to talk about. But I want to do it with an interview. Okay. Cameron Maven on the top is one of the top of my list. And you know, he responds almost every time we send him a message, just like Matt Vaskersian. And like, <laughs> it never answers a question. I'm like, hey, Cam, hey, Matt, you guys should come on the podcast. That was a hell of a game yesterday, huh? And I'm like, that's not what I asked you, Matt. <laughs> that's not what I asked you at all. It's like you asked Cameron, it's like, hey, man, I would love to get you on. I followed your career. You're a nice guy. I love yeah. you while you're here at the Angels. He's all, the weather for today is 82 degrees and partly cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. People are like, you guys get so many interviews. I'm like, you guys should see the guys who like respond, but like never answer the question. We get so many of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it is we'll what it is, next. my man. We'll yeah. But I think that's all I got for this episode. You? Yep, I do. Okay, we'll look for the episode on the September 6th. You know, I think that's what we're shooting for. Today's the 5th. So, yeah, so we'll have it out in the morning. Um, and uh, this has been another episode of Halos in the Infield here with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. There you go. <laughs> Yeehaw! Yippee-ki-yay, mother lovers. <laughs> Later. Viva Los Angelitos, and thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets. Make sure to check out the merch link in the description down below. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to rate and review, and have a great rest of your day.